Thanks for joining me for this week's episode, Set of All Bench Podcast. Uh, wanted to get into the NBA Finals, Game 2 and 3. Uh, I think Game 4 is tomorrow. Uh, for some reason, they're, this this series seems like it's dragging on a little longer than, than past Finals. Um, I, mainly because of the two-day break between each game, seems like. Uh, but right now, you have the Suns up 2-1 against Milwaukee. Uh, last game, Devin Booker struggled there for a while, and then it looked it didn't seem like he was benched. It seems like uh, uh, Coach uh, Monty Williams just took him out uh, since they seemed like they were out of it. But I think I think they were up twenty points, uh, Milwaukee twenty points with about eleven minutes left. Um, I feel like that's enough time to kind of you know make a comeback there. Um, but, you know, Milwaukee was just completely dominant the last game. Ended up winning the last game by 20 points. And then the game before, I think uh, Phoenix had won. Uh, yeah, they won by 10. But most for most of that game, they seemed to be in complete control. And so far, this series has been blowout after blowout. Um, pretty much the only storyline that's been interesting is Giannis uh, kind of taking that next step uh, in his in his skill development, he seemed to kick it up a notch. And, you know, we all knew that there was another level uh, possible for Giannis. You know, he's two-time MVP. He's been extremely dominant uh, so far uh, in his career, you know, dominant in the post. And a lot of people have been saying, hey, you know, he has to shoot more threes, has to get a consistent jump shot, you know, has to, for some reason, you know, he keeps bringing up the ball. You know, and I continue to disagree with that. I don't think he needs to shoot the threes. You know, maybe he could hit, if he hits two or three threes in a game, fine. If he feels like he has to. But I don't need him shooting nine to ten three-pointers, you know, or even five or six three-pointers a game. You know, maybe you could cap it off at three, whatever. Or if you're in the flow of the game, and if it feels like a natural time, you know, you're open, then sure, take the three, but... Don't force it. It felt like for a while there, you know, he was forcing it. People were just talking about it a lot. And, you know, I, I just don't think he needs to shoot a three. If he had like a 10 to 15 foot jumper right there that he can, that he can you know, rely on easily, a, a nice mid-range jumper, you know, so if they have that infamous uh, Giannis wall, he could just stop, you know, pop and take a, take a, a nice jumper right there. You know, if he can hit that consistently, then I think he'd be unstoppable. Um, but, you know, even without that right now, uh, he's been great. You know, he's been completely dominant. He had back-to-back 40-point games. Um, I think he's uh, he's on a short list there uh, with Michael Jordan, Shaq. I think LeBron is there uh, with multiple 40-point games and a finals appearance. And this is his first finals appearance, his second, his third game. And the first game, he was coming back. It was like the first game after his uh, his hyperextended knee in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he's still injured, mind you, but he's able to still dominate these last couple games. So now, out of the first three games of the finals, two of them he has over forty points, you know. And you know, after the first game, you know, he was kind of just trying to bounce back from the injury, and obviously he had some uh, defensive issues there. was wasn't able to really. Uh, move quickly laterally with with uh, opponents there or, or recover 
But these last couple games, you know, he needed some help from Middleton. Middleton's been struggling. Holiday had a good game last game, and I think that's why they won. But if he has a second player, either Holiday or Middleton, really producing and, and helping both sides of the ball, um, then I think Milwaukee could come back and win this series. But with these guys, Milwaukee is such a frustrating team to watch and to just try to try to analyze because they're one game you think they could they're, they're the next Bulls dynasty. Right, you know, like okay, man, Middleton at thirty-five, Giannis at forty. You know, uh, Drew Holiday shut down the opposing team's point guard, and you know they they look great. You know, they look great defensively, and you know they're hitting all their shots. But then the next game they get blown out, and you know then they have you know terrible defensive rotations. Brook Lopez is getting uh, lit up in the pick and roll, and. And they can't do anything. And then, you know, their switches are, are, aren't making sense. And, and Budenholzer is making bad decisions. So they're just such an inconsistent team that you never know what you're going to get with them. But one thing you know for certain, you know, you can guarantee that Giannis is going to give 110% effort every time. You know, no matter if they lose all the rest of these next games, I, I don't think you could take anything away from Giannis right now. Um as far as, you know, you can't put blame on him. I'll say that because, you know, he's he's out there. He came back from the hyperextended knee, and he's putting all the effort in that he can. He does not want to lose this series at all. You know, he's not just here, happy to be here in the NBA Finals for the first time. He wants to win. You know, and you can see it with his play. You can see it with his aggression. He's not just, like, loosely, like, having crazy aggression, just, just like, just wild out there trying to make plays wherever possible. You know he's he's timing things perfectly. He's able to adjust to uh, the defensive strategies of the Phoenix Suns. No one no one on that team can stop him right now. DeAndre Ayton can't stop him. You know they're they're lacking with bigs. They don't have a a proper backup uh, for Ayton to stop uh, Giannis. You know Jay Crowder is a little too small for him. You know they can't really double him because he could just overpower or he could kick it out to someone else. And this is what I've been saying for Milwaukee is what they need. They they need for Giannis to just stay down low, you know, catch some lobs, stay in the pick and roll, and it, just let him dominate that way, and they'll be unstoppable. They need to have someone else bringing up the ball, you know, initiating offense like Drew Holiday or, or Chris Middleton, and that's the way that they'll win. That's a recipe for them to win a championship. And for some reason, they haven't been doing that. They hadn't been doing that at all. Uh, with Budenholzer as a head coach, um, you know they did it a lot this past game, and and Giannis has flourished, you know, and he, not relying on the three. You know what else I've liked about him so far in this postseason is, you know, a lot of people have been getting him, giving him grief and stuff for the free throws, and you know people were counting down and just it's in his head, but at least he's not scared to shoot a free throw or to get fouled and go to the line. You know, even though people are still going to yell at him and stuff, and he's, if he shoots an air ball, you know, he's kind of down on himself for a little bit. But right on the next play, if the other team has the ball, he's going to chase him down and try to get a block. He's going to get back on defense. And then if he has a chance to get the ball again, he's going to go up, get fouled. He's going to go to the free throw line. He's going to try again. He's going to keep trying again and again and again. Unlike Ben Simmons, where Ben Simmons just didn't want to touch the ball. He was just... As soon as he got the ball, if he passed half court, he would just he'd just get rid of it. Pass to whoever was the, who was there. Um, he had that open layup and he or open dunk, and he decided to pass it instead because he didn't want to get to the free throw line. He was scared 
to miss a free throw or to be, you know, have the game on the line and, and have it all be, you know, uh, on him to make the free throw for them to win the game. So, you know, I'll give it to Giannis. At least he's confident enough in, in his abilities and in, in confident in himself to, to, you know, put that pressure on him to make those free throws, you know. And if he misses it, then that's on him. But he's going to take that, you know, whether he makes it or not. But the Bucks desperately need a big game from uh, Chris Middleton. This next game, you know, he only had 14 shots the last game. Uh, he's just, he needs to, needs to find his shot a little bit better there. Um, you know, I need him to score 30 points, 25 to 30 points at least. Uh, you know, Drew Holiday had a good game. Um, but yeah, we need, they, Milwaukee needs those two guys to, to just, you know, kick it up a notch, take it to that next level, especially for this finals appearance. Uh, cause you know, it can't just be all on Giannis. You know, if it is, you know, we're going to see a great, great display of, uh, you know, athleticism and scoring and, you know, even defensively, he's been there rebounding. Uh, he's been their everything player for them. Um, but you know, Phoenix, they have, they have multiple guys that they can, that they can turn to, to score, you know, even with Devin Booker, if Devin Booker scored the 30 that, you know, you can count on him to score, that would have been a different game, you know, cause he only had 10, um, wasn't able to hit his shots, but you had help from, from Jay Crowder, you know, Chris Paul, other guys like that, uh, that were able to produce. So this next game is really important for him though. Um, and then you could tell the differences in, uh, in coaching. I know Van Gundy was, was trying to talk up Budenholzer, you know, he was with the Spurs and all this stuff, but I mean, the the way that you know how they sound in from the locker room or whatever, the, and then they have uh, Budenholzer talking. All he said was like, "Hey, play wild, play free, or play play crazy, or something like that." It's like, <laughs> what does that even mean? You know, I'm glad they gave uh, Bobby Portis some more minutes. You know, I think he could help them uh, defensively and, and down low as well, um, and some toughness too. Because uh, that's that's what Milwaukee needs, and that's what they've been missing. Um, but you know, I'm excited uh, for Giannis. You know, he's a he just seems like a nice guy, and um, you know, I'm glad that he's he was able to play. Because you know, just just uh, a, a couple weeks ago, we thought it was done. You know, they thought it was a a, a torn ACL or something, and that he was going to be out for the rest of this the year, and then probably part of or the rest of the playoffs, and then part of uh, next year because it's so late in in the season that he would probably miss all of next year as well um so yeah that was um and these finals would be a lot different if it was just chris middleton and drew holiday against the phoenix suns they would have no chance i don't think you know i know they won they won a couple games against the hawks that way but i i honestly don't think they would have any uh any chance to win against this phoenix suns team but um, I'm still going to go with uh, Phoenix in six games. You know, I know a lot of people said that Milwaukee was going to get swept after uh, the first couple games, but um, you got to remember how, how inconsistent this Milwaukee team is. You know, one game, they look amazing. You know, they have the, the ability to be amazing for a couple games and, and blow out a team like Phoenix and, you know, where they're all clicking, they're clicking on all cylinders, moving the ball. You know, you get help from other guys. Um, but then the next game, they'll, they'll look terrible, you know, so... Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think Milwaukee wins this next game. I think it goes 2-2. And I think after that, cause it's 2-2 uh, and then it's 1-1-1. So this next game, uh, tomorrow night is in Milwaukee and then they go back, uh, to Phoenix. So I have, 
uh, Phoenix winning when, once they go back home. So it'll be 2-2 going back to Phoenix, and then uh, Phoenix wins the next uh, two games after that. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully this series has a couple games that are a little closer. You know, I know some of them were like 10 points, one of them was, but that entire game, it was like 15, 18 point leads, and then it got cut down. But man, it's just been like, give me an overtime game or buzzer beater shot. Like, I need something here. You know, I know a lot of people were downplaying the uh, the matchup, didn't like the matchup, but man, I, I need some close games. I can't have, have blowout games in the finals. Like, some of the. Some of the Cleveland and Warrior games were, were blowouts there when uh, when LeBron didn't have Kyrie and it was just uh, I think it was just Kevin Love and, and Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith you know you know they didn't have a shot but you know at least give us some close games here and the uh, MLB home run derby was yesterday uh, who won that uh, Pete Alonso from the New York Mets won again two times in a row and. You know, there, there's been a, a decrease or decline in viewership for that event and uh, MLB All-Star Game, events like that. For the last five years or so, um, you know, there's been less and less viewership. This year, though, you know, the, the ratings came out um, and ESPN Sunday Night Baseball was up 26%. Fox Saturday Night Baseball was up 32%, TBS was up 49%, FS1 up 78%, F, uh, MLB Network was up 34%. And uh, so the most that the Home Run Derby and MLB Draft were, were viewed since 2017. So this year, they, they, this is the first year I think that they did the MLB Home Run Derby and then the, uh, the Draft the same couple nights. Now, I think the only reason why uh, th- there's been such a change, there's been a shift, is there's a new face of baseball. You know, if you haven't been paying attention, is Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is going to save baseball, I believe. Um, and the only reason, I think, is because he's an international star, and he seems to be... I know Stephen A. Smith came out and said, you know, that... Um, he doesn't think that he's a marketable player, can't be the face of a league because he doesn't know English and he has an interpreter and all that, which I think is crap because, you know, think about how how much of a star Ichiro was. And he lived in Seattle. You know, he was an international star playing with the Mariners. People watched him all the time, you know, and he played all the way until he was 41, 42, and then he went with the Yankees and he was a draw. I watched I watched Yankee games, Mariner games because of each row. You know, he was just so talented. But Shohei Otani, what he's doing is just amazing. It's like Babe Ruth-esque because he's a pitcher and he's a hitter. He's leading the league in home runs. You know, he's a great piece. He's the Angels' best pitcher. Um, and then today in the All-Star game, which just started about 18 minutes ago, which I'll, I'll watch after this podcast is over. I don't know why, you know, if they're trying to grow the game and grow viewership, why do they have the game on 430 Pacific? Like, that that bothers me. Why are they doing that? Um, anyway, so Otani is leading the league in home runs, great pitcher, best hitter on the Angels, best pitcher on the Angels. 
this is what this is the stuff that Babe Ruth was doing, and never thought that it, this would ever be replicated, where someone could hit home runs like that and then pitch like that at that level. Now Otani's doing it for the Angels, and I think because he doesn't speak English and speaks a different language and and uh, came from a different country, that that's what's going to help him be a great marketable athlete for baseball. Baseball needs to be able to market it market itself globally and on an international level and i think otani is a perfect perfect player for that because remember when yao ming was in the uh was in the nba for the rockets everyone in china was buying yao ming gear um he helped develop the nba fan base over there and it just grew exponentially now you know before like guys like kobe jordan and you know just the best players in the NBA, they didn't do a, a yearly trip to China or Japan or anything like that overseas to, to market their shoes. Now, every player in the NBA who has a shoe or who has their own brand, they go every summer to China. And then they go to camps. They, they go to Japan and host camps. They go to, you know, um, I think some of them go to Australia, other countries like that. But it's not as big of an impact in, in China and Japan. Um, but they go over there and they have uh, they have basketball events. You know, Steph and Clay went together one time. Dame goes there. Kobe in his later years went there, because that's where the market, that's where it's gonna grow. That's where the shoes are gonna grow. And why do you think no one's no one in the NBA really said anything um, against China? Because there was there's so much so much money there, and they didn't want to completely you know, talk out against it. You know, LeBron didn't say much about it because, you know, most of his shoes, um, they're, they're made there. And uh, also because the customers there, the, most of his sales come from China. So the, the smartest way for these leagues to, to grow their, their revenue, their business, their brand, and their footprint is to on the international level. Why do you think the NFL, they tried the NFL Europe thing, they host games in London, they've been flirting with having a franchise in London, um, and then the NBA, you know, they've been doing the, the China thing for a while, they've been, they're doing the Africa games, um, you know, they start setting up training camps and, uh, you know, basketball camps in Africa for recruiting purposes, you know, most of the the players on the first team, all NBA first team, are for are international players. You know, in baseball, they're having problems. You know, growing the game domestically, but you know, with a Japanese player like Otani, you know, who's at that caliber. You know, he's in his prime. He's twenty seven years old. So you know, he 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 started his professional career twenty three in Japan and then in different leagues and then, you know, came over here in uh, 2018. But, you know, he's still young. He still has some time and he's just been, he's just been amazing, you know, and he's starting this, uh, this all-star game, he's starting pitcher and he's going to lead off for the American league team. So he had to break, they had to break some rules for him to do that. But that's because they know that this is the player that they need to get behind. You know, you have Mike Trout, you know, his teammate, he's injured right now. He's been the best player in baseball for a while, but, you know, you get the sense that he doesn't really like the limelight, and, uh, you know, he's not, he is a marketable player, you know, he seems like a nice dude, but, you know, he he seems uncomfortable in front of the cameras, you know, he's not really on social media all that much, he has like one or two commercials maybe, um, you know, you feel like you know what you're going to get from him, 
Derek Jeter was, you know, he wasn't a very talkative guy. You know, A-Rod, he was just kind of an ass. And uh, he had the steroid thing. You know, even Barry Bonds, he had his his issues with steroids. And then he was, he was just a dick, too. You know, he wasn't signing autographs for people for a while there. Um, you know, if you try to think of all the uh, the people who were supposed to be the face of uh, the league, they all had their issues, and, you know, they weren't universally liked. Um, you know, who else was there? Um, you know, Mark McGuire, Sosa, you could talk about them, but they had their issues too. You know, there's just always someone with their kind of issues there, right? And um, that's why Otani, I think uh, – I think he's going to help baseball get to that next level or get, get them to where they need to be, um, you know, because he's going to grow the sport internationally. And, you know, what he's doing has just been amazing. And I don't think people people haven't been realizing, maybe they're realizing it now, but what he's doing, it's, it's on Babe Ruth's level. Because the only reason why I know people are like, well, arguably the greatest player of all time, Babe Ruth, like how, how dare we compare – or even say his name in the same sentence as Shohei Otani, but it's because there's no other player in the history of the league who's been who was able to do what what those two have done. So that's why it's it's just amazing what what he's been able to do, and um, I'm just excited to see his uh, career as it progresses. But you know, it, the Angels need to get their shit together because they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, you know, Trout's injured, and how long are they going to? Is Otani going to pitch? You know, they're just going to keep doing this until he doesn't want to or what? Um, but I think he has a couple years left in his deal. You know, he specifically wanted to to play in the West Coast. Didn't want to go to the uh, to the Yankees. I think he visited the Dodgers and then the Angels. He did visit the Giants in uh, San Francisco, which would have been a great. Great fit for him. He would have fit right in. Would have been a great pitcher there. Um, yeah, would have loved to see that. Um, and then I think he also visited Seattle too. So he's definitely wanting to stay in the West Coast. Not doesn't want to be you know big market team like that. But you know I know Dodgers are a big market team. So maybe he didn't visit the Dodgers. But um, doesn't want to be like you know the main uh, main viewing for certain teams like the Yankees. I don't know if, how he would have handled the Yankees, but. Um, Baseball needs to do whatever they they need to do or whatever they can do to support him and, you know, just try to elevate him to be be the face of baseball, you know, because they need to ride this wave as much as they can. Because, um, you know, I've, I've, been, I've personally been down baseball a lot. You know, I'm a Giants fan. They are first place right now. Um, and, you know, they've been good in recent years. And, um, you know, I watch all their games. But other than that, I don't watch any other games. You know, I do watch. I'll watch an Angels game, see Otani. Uh, and then maybe a DeGrom game. But, you know, other than that, that's pretty much it. You know, it's it's become more of a regional sport. It's not uh, what it used to be. And then all these rule changes, I don't, like, there's a lot of rule changes that are hard to keep up with. And I think that's the problem, too. Uh, Rob Manfred is a problem. Um, and then, you know, there's just, like, cheating everywhere, it seems like. Um, and this is truly the one good story uh, that we can get behind. And... Um, I think it's great for baseball. It's great for sports. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see that. So if you haven't seen him play, uh, just check it out. He hits monstrous home runs. He has, he has a great, uh, great pitches too. Uh, he's dominated on the mound as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's just a great all around player. So team USA has been in the news lately. Uh, our Olympic basketball team, they lost two games in a row. 
Uh, they lost to Nigeria, and then they lost to Australia. And now those were two, those were two uh, exhibition games, you know. So the real games haven't haven't started yet. Uh, but they lost to Australia, ninety-one eighty-three, and then they lost to uh, Nigeria, ninety eighty-seven. And now I know a lot of people are beating them up, you know, and uh, they're still without Chris Middleton, and then uh, Devin Booker, and then I think uh, Drew Holiday is gonna be on that team too. Um, so they'll join them after the NBA Finals, you know. They are exhibition games. But, you know, give credit to Nigeria and Australia. You know, both teams have several NBA players. And, you know, give credit to the the world as a whole. The international uh, basketball scene has, has grown exponentially. You know, the, the Dream Team, the original Dream Team actually was, um, you know, a key component to these countries putting in money, putting in extra effort into developing their own, uh, you know, Olympic teams and their own personal, you know, basketball leagues. You know, Australia has good teams. Spain has great teams there. Argentina. Um, I get, you know, Nigeria, they're they're seriously growing their, their team as well. You know, they were coached by Mike Brown. Um, so, yeah, you know, the – the international basketball level has has grown and it will continue to grow and you can see it in the NBA as i mentioned before you know you have think of all the the great players in the league you know they all most of them come from different countries you know Embiid he's from Cameroon you know you have um Jokic um Luka you know you have there's many players that are that are uh, international players so um you know the world is just catching up you know and and a lot of these teams, you know, they have they have played together for a long time, you know, so they have chemistry. They know where someone's going to be. They know what someone else is thinking. You know, they have that that chemistry. And a lot of people overlook chemistry, but you know, the USA team, they're just a select team. They get all the good, the, the best players. They have different coaches, and then they just try to okay, we're just going to dominate everyone. Like that's not that's not how it's going to work anymore. You know, you have to give give your effort. You gotta. Uh, you know, communicate, you have to have chemistry, but this team is also missing a big, you know, they have Bam, but he's small for his, his position and they have Draymond Green, probably the only one who's going to play consistent defense. And then other than that, like, it's just like a, a kind of a random collection of guys, but I just thought talent wise, they would still find a way to win the gold medal. You know, these are two exhibition games. I still think they'll win gold medal. I just don't think it'll be as easy as people think, you know, it's just two games, you know, they're still trying to uh, you know, piece together chemistry. They're still waiting on a couple guys, so I think we could pump the brakes here. I think they just they're they're playing Argentina. Or they just played Argentina. I think they won, so they came back and won, or it was like halftime or something. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be back, and um, yeah, they should uh, should still win gold. Um, I just think it'll be tougher, you know, because you have other 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 countries who are. Way better than they have been in the past. Um, you know, as I mentioned, Spain. Um, Spain might beat them. But yeah, we don't We don't need to panic about it. Uh, we just need to take it seriously. And so do the players. And don't think that it's just going to be a, a walk in the park. Um, so yeah. So I want to switch gears here. The uh, Emmy nominations were just released. Um, so let's uh, break those down here. Uh, so Best Comedy, Blackish. 
on ABC, Cobra Kai on Netflix, Emily in Paris also on Netflix. Hacks, I talked about Hacks on, uh, which is on HBO Max. It's uh, with Gene Smart. Uh, if you haven't seen that, I, I highly recommend it. Very funny show. Um, and then uh, The Flight Attendant, The Kaminsky Method, uh, Pen15, that's on Hulu. I don't know what that is. Uh, Ted Lasso on uh, Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus. I tried watching that. I, I couldn't really get into it. Uh, Jason Sudeikis plays a uh, American football coach and then goes to Great Britain to be a soccer coach. And I don't know. I just, I just, I watched, I think I watched two episodes. I just, I didn't think it was very funny. Uh, best drama, The Boys on Amazon Prime, um, Bridgerton on Netflix, The Crown, Hands Made Tale. Okay, those last three that I just read, Bridgerton, The Crown, and Handmaid's Tale, are those all the same? Is that the same show? Uh, Lovecraft Country, that's on HBO. I never got around to watching that. Um, their second season just got canceled, though, which I thought was weird, so they didn't renew. Uh, and then The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, Pose, and then This Is Us. I can't even give an opinion on that category because uh, I haven't seen any of those shows, so I would just be lying to you. Um, and then uh, Best Limited Series, I May Destroy You on HBO, uh, Mayor of Easttown. Also on HBO, that's that Kate Winslet detective show. If you have not seen that, please watch that. It's really good. I don't even know who else is on this list because th that, that one is going to win. It's just that that much better than the other shows. Uh, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix and then The Underground Railroad on Amazon Prime and WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. I guess I've only seen Mayor of Easttown on that, so maybe I haven't um, spread out that much and watched enough stuff. Uh, best Actress for Comedy, uh, A.D. Bryant in Shrill. That one's on Hulu. Kaylee Kyoko on, uh, I think that's how you pronounce her name, on uh, Flight Attendant, HBO Max. Uh, Allison Janey on Mom. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackish, and Gene Smart on Hacks. And then Best Actor in a Comedy, Anthony Anderson, Blackish, Michael Douglas on The Kaminsky Method. Uh, William H. Macy on Shameless. Yeah, that show's still on. It's like on, I think this was his last season. It's like 14 seasons or something. Uh, Jason Sudeikis on uh, Ted Lasso, Keenan Thompson on Keenan. Um, and then Best Actress in a Drama, Olivia Coleman, The Crown, Emma Corrin, The Crown, uh, Uzo Aduba, uh, In Treatment. That one is on HBO Max. I have not seen that yet. Uh, Elizabeth Moss on Handmaid's Tale. And then MJ Rodriguez and Pose and Journey Smollett on lovecraft country best actor in a drama sterling k brown this is us jonathan majors lovecraft country uh, josh o'connor the crown uh reggae jean page i think that's how you pronounce it that's uh the female lead in, or the the male lead in bridgerton but he's not coming back for the next season though i saw that uh billy porter on pose and matthew rise and perry mason um, and then Best Actress in Limited Series or TV Movie, Michelle, uh, Michelle Coel, uh, May Destroy You, Cynthia Erivo, Ingenious, uh, Aretha. I saw that. She's really good in that. Um, that is on, um, I think, National Geographic, Net Geo. Um, and then Elizabeth Olsen in WandaVision, Anya Taylor-Joy, Queen's Gambit, and Kate Winslet on uh, Mayor of Easttown, which I guess she's going to be the favorite. And then uh, Best Actor in Limited Series, Paul 
Batani in uh, WandaVision, Hugh Grant, The Undoing, Ewan McGregor in Halston, Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda in Hamilton, and Leslie Odom Jr. in Hamilton. How How is it that Hamilton is still getting nominated? Hasn't that been out for like three years or something? I know I mispronounced uh, some of the names. I'm just not used to uh, reading those. Um, and part of the reason why some of these nominations um, are seem a little odd as you know last year there was a lot of shows that just completely canceled or or um you know rescheduled filming um you know you have like better call Saul they didn't they didn't come out with the season succession uh Ozark uh what else you know there was a lot of shows like that that you know would normally get uh, some of these nominations they just they, they couldn't film anything and there was no uh, there was no season, so you know you're you're gonna see some of these uh, that you normally wouldn't expect um, to be nominated and get nominated. But um, so that it kind of expands uh, the nomination and and uh, viewing list as well. So I had a, a busy weekend. Uh, my girlfriend and I went to a few thrift stores, and I've been been trying to get into this uh, retro game. Uh, you know, selling craze it's happening you know there's a few playstation one games and then i think um you know nes games and stuff that are you know if you find specific ones you can resell them for you know 500 a thousand sometimes you know there's some bids i think there was an unopened uh super mario game on the nintendo 64 that just sold for like 1.2 million dollars in an auction it broke a record. The record previously was uh, it was a Zelda game that sold for six hundred sixty thousand dollars the day before. That game was unopened and it was it was forgotten, like in someone's desk drawer or something. Um, so yeah, if you have old games like that, um, and you know, and it's in a, a pristine condition, brand new, unopened or something, if you by chance have one. Uh, you can auction it off, and you can make a lot of money. And then I also bought some uh, some original books that I saw uh, at uh, at Goodwill and St. Vinny's. Um, I found I think it was like the this the first or second edition of uh, of White Fang, that Jack London book uh, hardcover. This one was was published in 1906, um, so I got it for like ten dollars. So hopefully. I can turn that around and sell it for, for a little bit more than that. Because um, I've been seeing it online, people selling it for like $750. So um, so that's my new thing that I'm doing. Um, so right now I, I, bought like, I bought like six old books that hopefully I can, uh, I can resell and uh, make some money off of them. Um, a couple of them I know already I, I can't because they, um, they were in a library. So then, you know, they stamp all over them and stuff. Um, but also... Uh, there's another craze kind of going on right now. It's uh, sports cards. Now, I've I have a lot of old cards, but the old ones, those are the ones that apparently aren't worth anything. It's the new ones that if you buy like a a young player like Michael Porter Jr. or like Trevor Lawrence or um, you know guys with some ceiling, um, you know these this incoming um, NBA rookie class and NFL class. Uh, you can buy them in a pack, you know, 
and if you you could keep certain ones where you think like, oh, this guy, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, I think he's gonna win MVP in five to seven years or whatever. Like, okay, well, let me keep his rookie card because then that'll that'll just go up in value. And then like a Luca card, if you had a Luca card when he first came into the league, keep holding on to that because you know his it's crazy right now. You know, you could probably get ten thousand for it. But if you hold on to it a little longer when he wins MVP or he wins the championship, the demand for that, as soon as someone wins something, like if Giannis wins right now, wins the championship this series, people are just going to go look for his rookie card, look for memorabilia. So if you have some of that, you can go on an auction um, and you can sell it and make money off of it. So just buy buy packs of, of uh, sports rookie cards like at Target or whatever and see what you get. If you get someone who's a uh, highly touted prospect or you know gets talked about a lot hold on to it and then you know it's it's all it happens in waves though if someone's stock is down you know like um can't think of someone you know like if it's a high draft pick who didn't really amount to much yet or they're they're still young though but they just haven't you know been at that level haven't made an all-star game you could buy that card for for like two dollars or whatever and then if they go to a new situation and you know they start scoring a bunch of points they win mvp or whatever something like that then you can really cash in on that so these are all these cards are investments basically because you got to invest on like future uh projections you let you got to project oh i think this guy's gonna be an all-star in the future then people will start buying their stuff like i think john morant right now his cards were going for a lot during the playoffs because you know he was having some big games um and then you know guys like that so you got to you know kind of project for the young guys pretty much you know five years or under in um in a certain league um so that's that's what i'm doing now i haven't bought any new cards yet i've been kind of looking online i'm, I'm looking for a trevor lawrence uh rookie card i think those just came out in march so you can probably find that in a pack but uh, i haven't been able to do that uh luca cards are going crazy I mentioned Michael Porter because I think that card, I think he's going to develop into an all-star caliber player. Um, so I think that card is going to be worth something. I think right now you can get it on eBay for $99. I haven't jumped on it yet, though, but that's a good price. $99, you can um, you can probably sell that for a couple thousand here, I think. Um once he starts making all star all star uh, games, then then yeah, you can sell it for at least that, if not more. Um, but right now, I'm I'm all in on the video game stuff. I'm I'm looking for a, a few specific uh, PlayStation One games, and then um, some NES games, and um, I think there's some PS2 games that are actually worth something too, which is kind of crazy because I have some, but I don't have any of the ones that are that are worth anything right now. So. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just trying to sell my books right now so I can have some sort of return on that. Uh, but yeah, I'll keep you updated on that. Um, thanks for listening, and yeah, we'll talk soon.